you say amen again? So would you say amen again? How many want how many want to draw near? <laughs> Let's just give the Lord praise right now. We thank the Lord. Yes, yes. How many love to worship him? <laughs> I want to uh, just make a few comments before we open up the Word of God. First, on uh, uh, this week, we will not have power night uh, because of the holiday season. We uh, will reconvene the week after. Um, and of course, on New Year's Eve, we're going to have a special uh, prayer service uh, to bring in the new year here at the church. And that will be, I believe, at 6 o'clock. So how many, how many know we had a good time last year and we're looking forward to, uh, to God having his way again? I want to just invite you even now to go with me to the book of Matthew, the second chapter. Matthew chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. It should be on the screen. Matthew, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. By the way, today is baptism. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Yes, indeed. That's why we're here, amen? Go ye therefore, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, amen? Those are the last words that Christ left the church, our responsibility, amen? And so we thank God today. I'm just so excited uh, when we have baptism Sabbath because I love to see people give their lives to Jesus. <laughs> Matthew 2. He is our uh, text of scripture today, and um, we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 15, uh, Matthew the second chapter. What book did I say, everybody? Matthew, Matthew and uh, what chapter did I say? Two. Chapter 2, and uh, what verses? One, 1 through 15. Now rise to your feet as we just honor God's word. The Bible says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, read that, where is he who has been born king of the, for we have seen his star in the east, and have done what, everybody? And have come to worship him. Isn't it interesting? How thoughtful of the Holy Spirit to make this comment to us. That at the birth of Christ, he does not say that the Jews came to worship. But it says that wise men. Uh, the Greek word there is not wise men, but it's actually the word magi. These are unbelievers. Unchurched folk. They don't regularly attend church. So I think it's real thoughtful of the Holy Spirit to tell us off the top, make, let's be clear about something here, that a strange group of people came to worship. <laughs> Verse 3, the Bible says, when Herod heard this, come on y'all, he was what? He was what? Some other versions say disturbed. 
And, and now, now, again, the Bible is being very particular here. It says, Herod, who was a pagan as well, he was disturbed. He was bothered by this. And, and help me out with this, y'all. And all Jerusalem with him. Now we know why they were not worshiping him. And when he had gathered all the, who else, everybody? Now the preachers are involved. The chief priests and who else? Scribes of the people together. He inquired of them. Now a pagan king goes and asks the preachers. He says this. He says, uh, uh, where, where the Christ was to be born. And here's their answer. So it ain't like they didn't know what was going on. The Bible says, so they said to him, they quoted the scripture. They knew the truth in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet. And I can see them quoting verbatim. The Bible says, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. And for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Somebody say they knew prophecy. Tell them, tell them say they knew prophecy. They knew it. They quoted it. They just quoted it. They say, yeah, we know the prophecy. Here it goes. Then the Bible says in verse 7, Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time, the Bible says, the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. How many know he didn't want to worship if you read the next chapter, you'll find out he wanted to kill him. Verse 9. Some of our worship kills God. The Bible says we put him uh, uh, to uh, the cross afresh by our actions. And I want to talk about that today. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star. Somebody say the star. Uh, which they had. Most scholars agree that this star was a conflagration of angels. Which they had seen in the east went before them till... It came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, somebody say the star. They did what, everybody? They ain't even seen him yet, and they already shouting. They just saw the star, the Bible says, and they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, now let me point out here now, most of us in these nativity scenes on your little Hallmark cards, you see shepherds and wise men, all sitting up in a little trough somewhere with Jesus lying on a manger. Well, know this. The shepherds saw Jesus first. The wise men didn't come to see Jesus until he was about two years old. And there's a reason why you need to know that. And they did, the Bible says they did not come to a manger, but they came to the Lord's house. Is that not what the Bible just says? It does not say they went to the manger. It says they went where, everybody? Where, everybody? Where, everybody? Oh, I want to talk about in the house today. Ah, now, what verse are we at now? The Bible goes on to say here. Now look, now, look at this. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. First time they saw him. And, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It ain't worship unless you bring something. You've got to lose something in worship. Lifting of hands signifies nothing. <laughs> Saying hallelujah means nothing. You, know, you haven't gone far enough. I love to praise God. Y'all know that off the top. You already know that. You, you're clear on that. But it, 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 it cannot stop with what happens in this room. 
And so the Bible says in verse 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, the title of our, worship, our sermon today, uh, if you want to call it that, our Bible study is Wise Worship. Somebody say wise worship. Wise worship. Wise worship. Wise worship. Uh, I, I want to now turn your attention to a concept that I think we need to understand as we do the best not to take very long. Uh, Some have said that the highest form of flattery is to imitate somebody. The, 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 the way that you know somebody, in many other words, if I can use flattery as another word for worship, you know somebody is head over heels about somebody when they begin to imitate how they are. Uh, I just came from Tennessee, and, and I'm amazed at how many people I've seen walk up and down the streets looking like Elvis. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Black folk, too. Come on now. With sideburns and the hair perms. Come on, say amen. You know, with bell bottoms on. Have you ever seen television when, when people are at these Beyonce concerts and Jay-Z concerts? and uh, Y'all haven't seen that, but for the folk who are honest enough to admit it today. Or, or the Michael Jackson concerts. I've seen folk fall out. You know, they got the glove in the hand, and, 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 they, and when they see him, they pass out. They're just amazed that they, 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 they see these icons and these stars. I want to suggest to you today, that's worship. That's worship. Let's go here. Let's give you a working definition of worship today. Worship is a response to a revelation. Say that with me. Worship is a response to a revelation. Now you can say it with me. Worship is a response to a revelation. Let's try it one more time. Worship is a response to a revelation. So let's, let's just let's make this thing as practical as possible. You worship. You don't choose to worship. You always worship. There's never a time that you're not worshiping. I've said this before. You are always in a worship mode. Now, to whom you worship is based on your response to a revelation. And for many of us, our bosses are our gods. For many of us, getting ahead is our God. Talk to me now. A relationship is our God. To whom you give your life's response to is your God. Now, most of us, and the you, you, minute you mention the word worship, it just strikes up images in our mind. As a matter of fact, if I don't mention the word worship, the first thing that comes to our mind is singing for some folk. For other people, it's somebody preaching a sermon. For some other people, it's, it's being inside of a church building. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's, the, it's the whole order of service. It, it's seeing a bulletin with, 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 with what comes first and then what comes after. But, but let's not water down worship to an event. Let's not water down worship to a ceremony. Worship from a biblical sense. Somebody say the Bible. Let's take this thing seriously. From a biblical perspective, the Bible never refers to worship as a service. It never refers to worship as packing in a building, singing songs that we like or don't like, enjoying a sermon or not enjoying a sermon, experiencing some kind of euphoric pleasure out of coming to an event is not worship. That's weak. That's a sorry argument to sort of put God in a box. 
And I think, if I could just work with these wise men today, I think these brothers teach us really in a practical way what worship is all about. Now, now I want to ask you a question just to see if you're down with this today. How many want to be worshipers of God? Come on, talk to me now. How, how many sincerely? I mean, you're not here to play church today. You're not here because you're just supposed to be here. But for, 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 for the hungry folk today, how many? You're not perfect, but you're hungry. How many really want to be a true worshiper? The Bible says they that worship God ought to worship him, and they should worship him in spirit and whatever. So everybody, they should worship him in spirit and in truth. But what is the truth about worship? What is it? Well, in this passage of Scripture, we see men that don't really know what we know, that are not really considered church people. These are wealthy magistrates from another country that, have, that worship false gods. Most of them probably have many gods. And, and, and I saw a little play the other night, God bless them, but, 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 but we see three wise men. These three kings. The Bible never says that there are three wise men. More than likely, there were about 150 of them. There was a caravan of them, and I can picture them in my mind's eye, traveling through the desert, traveling through the night seasons. And notice now, the Bible says they are wise men from the east, where they're from, everybody. Which is to suggest that they're more than likely from an area called Perthia, which we know as Babylon. They came out of Babylon before we even knew what it meant. And notice now the distance in which they traveled. See, we've got to break this, this Hallmark card reality of Christmas. We watch too much television. There's not three wise men. They did not go to a manger. But, but the reason why they showed up to Jesus by the time he was like 18 months or two years old is because it took them over a year to get from where they were to actually find Jesus. A year! Follow this now. They are studying prophecies. Some of the information they are studying is not true. But let me tell you something. Hear me now. When people are hungry for God, no matter what information they have, no matter how much truth they have, no matter what church they go to, no matter what church they go to, when you are hungry for God, God will do whatever he's got to do to direct your attention to God. He will never, golly, he will, where y'all at in here? He will, and the people, God, those that are hungry and those that thirst for righteousness shall be filled. When you seek with him with all your heart, he will be found of you. Don't make no mistake about it. God will respond to those that seek him. I'm glad about that today because these brothers didn't have all the information. They got a little bit from Balaam, who was a, a sorry prophet. And they, they got a little bit from their false teachings. And, and they got a little bit from over here. But because they were hungry. God then says, because these guys are astrologers and are used to studying the stars, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a star in the air and they'll respond to the star. Which is to suggest that God will meet you where you are. Some of y'all came into the church and you didn't do it the right way. 
You didn't do it the right way. You didn't find you a saved man. And, and when you brought him to church, he wasn't saved when he got here. And you wish you could have done it the right way, but God used that relationship, though it didn't start the way it should have, and God took you where you were. God, help us to start taking people where they are. Help us to start dealing with people where they are. Help us to start being patient with people enough to get past their idiosyncrasies and their issues and their faults and their mistakes and start dealing with people where they are. Has not God dealt with us where we are? Even now, he's still working with us in the midst of our mess. God meets you where you are. And so now, I just love God. He says, listen, see, the only thing they know is, is, is astrology. Let me just put a star in place. So the Bible says, he says, give me, give me, about, give me about 25 million angels. I'm just, I'm just thinking, give me about 20 million angels. I want you all to form yourself in such a way where you look like a star. And the Bible says that, 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 that they began to come together and they say, something is happening, man. Look, look in the sky. And they said, what should we do? They said, well, well, based upon what I've read, somewhere in a small town I've never heard of before called Bethlehem, that's where Christ is to be born. Well, they didn't have no GPS systems in those days. They couldn't, like, punch in, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, Israelite Street in, 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 in Bethlehem, zip code, whatever, whatever, whatever. What they did was is they simply said, we're going to step out. We don't know where we're going but we're so desperate to find this Jesus, to find this God, to find what we've read about, that we will pack up all of our stuff. Y'all better hear this now. Listen to what real worship does. Real worship makes you, oh God. Real worship makes you rearrange your whole life. Now, 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 y'all missing this thing here. When you take a trip, these are businessmen. These are philosophers who have millions of dollars. These are men of import. These are people who make decisions. But they were so impressed by the revelation that God would dare come down to them that they stopped everything they were doing and they took a whole year just to find him. I mean, that costs money. Come on, y'all. Man, I, can't, I just don't feel like y'all feeling me today. That costs money. They stopped working for a year, just for one moment in his presence. Everywhere I can fit this in, I'm going to put it in. And I can't get tired, folk, to come to power night. Can't pray? And these dudes, we don't, I can see them gathering their families together. I can see their wives saying, well, 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 well do you know who he is? Well, who is this God? You know, we're not used to worshiping one God. Uh, we're used to having several gods. But I can, I can see the old husband saying to his wife, he said, baby, I'm not, I'm not certain of this, but there's just something inside of me that's telling me that we've got to find this God. Any God that will come down where I am, I've got to respond. i got to do something. Now, let me be clear on this. We are saved by grace. And now that some of y'all are starting to learn righteousness by faith and grace, y'all are leaning on that a little too hard. We're saved by grace. Through what? Come on, Bible students, through what? Well, the Bible says faith without what? Hear me, hear me very carefully. You can't do anything to be saved, but if you don't do nothing, you ain't going to be saved. And the reason why we do what we do is because we are saved. 
These brothers did not have the, all the information and the truth. But what little they had, they, they rearranged their whole lives. They stopped everything because they were that hungry for one moment in the presence of a baby. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. Most scholars say it took them a year, Daniel, a year. Come on in here, somebody. Are y'all feeling the conviction over your life right now? When I studied this thing, I said, Lord, Lord, I have not made that kind of sacrifice. Let's be honest. I have not shut it all down and said, just, I, I just got to find him. They shut it down, packed up their stuff, and they went looking for him. Is that me? Where are the other mic? All right, here it is. When they approached Jerusalem, now, <laughs> you done come a long way now. And the way you have studied, you're expecting that the whole world knows what's going on, especially the people who claim that this baby is their God. So, so, so can you watch this now? Ain't nothing going on in Jerusalem like some of our churches. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't nothing going on. Ain't no worship going on. Matter of fact, you read the Zire of Ages, Ellen White says that they are just simply going through the rituals. They're just going through the rituals. They're just doing what they've always done. And I'm getting to a point now where coming up in here on Sabbath, whether you're loud, whether you're quiet, whether you lift hands, whether it's gospel, whether it's an anthem, I'm really feeling like that we ain't really doing much or nothing. I'm about tired of the show. I'm about tired of just coming up in here, getting all sweaty and thanking God and leaving here and doing absolutely, positively nothing to impact the kingdom of God. Now, I told you early on in the message that real worship imitates the revealer of character. In other words, when, catch this now, when God reveals himself, Mike Tate, what a worshiper does is they imitate the revelation. For example, by beholding, we become changed. Isn't that right? Children learn life by what they see. Period. That's how they, that's how they know who they are. You can sit and say, Camden, all day. Camden, uh, do not do A, B, and C. Camden, do not say this. Camden, do not say that. But if I do the exact opposite, Camden, truthfully, homeboy's brain is not, is not, is not, is not uh, developed enough for him to be able to reason in the abstract. The only thing that children do in terms of learning how to do life, listen to me, is they base it on what they see. That's why your daughter did the same thing you did. 
That's why she's the third woman in the family that got pregnant out of wedlock and falls head over heels for men instead of her purpose in life. That's why your son is up to no good, is down on himself, has ended up in prison. You talk about the generational cycles? It ain't no spiritual little curse that moves through people. It's just that we see what we see and we respond. You can't take stuff in and not respond. You, you cannot say, I'm not affected by gossip. Well, they talk all around me, but they don't. You can't say that. You can't say, I'm not affected by, by negativity around you. It matters. It's like secondhand smoke. You can be around it long enough, even though you're not smoking, but it will have an effect on you. This is a law of nature. Now, watch this now. This is what is so strange about people who call themselves children of God and they don't do what they claim they see. Y'all missing it. After this service today, we're going to leave here and everybody's going to say, we saw the Lord. We saw God, man. Oh, the Lord, oh, he moved. Oh, yeah, man, did you hear the song? Yeah. Oh, man, God moved. I felt him. He was here. So let me ask you this. If you, hear me, if you saw him, then there should be a reflection of character that imitates exactly what you saw. Turn with me to Ephesians. Turn with me to Ephesians. What I'm telling you is what the, what the wise men did is they imitated what they saw. Watch this. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to make a couple of points and get out of your way. Ephesians 4. When you found it, let me hear you say amen. amen. All right, now check this out. Listen to this. This is what worship is. The Bible says in verse 20. You got that? All right, you there? Here it is. The word of God says this. It says, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him. In other words, we, we've seen the Lord. We've heard him. We understand the truth. As the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22 says that you put off concerning your former conduct. See, if you've seen God, change should happen. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your what, everybody? In the, in the spirit of your what, everybody? And that you put on the what new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and what? Now, keep reading. The Bible says, therefore, putting away lying. See, you, you won't, you, you, you're going to keep being who you are if, if you have not seen. The assumption is, if you've seen God, you will be different. And not just different from other people, but you will begin to imitate the character of Christ. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I don't got time. Let, let me skip on down. Go down to verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit? It's like the wise men seeing the star and not moving. This is what most of us do. We see the star. Oh, oh, bless him. 
testimony time. Uh, uh, Brother Jones, you got a testimony? Yes, I got a testimony. I just want to thank God. I just give him glory today because I saw a star last night. Oh, oh, glory. He saw a star. Woo. Most of us have stopped too short. You saw it and then what? See, watch this now. Jesus left heaven and came down to earth. Right? That's what we saw. The, <laughs> the wise men understood this to be true, so you know what they did? They left home and came to him. Worship makes you change your life. But we have compartmentalized God and put him in a box and said, we will do this, we will do that. L- let me just say it like this. We want, I posted this on my Facebook the other day, we want the privileges of God, but we don't want the obligations. I was reading a book the other day, and, and, and the guy was talking about how he went out into the mission field to preach the gospel, my brother. And, 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 and he said he went to a, an African village in Sudan, Darfur. And, and as he was teaching, he said the whole time, he says he could not see the white of the eyes of these, of these Sudanese. They were just simply writing the whole time he was preaching. And, and he was offended because nobody was looking at him. But he found out that one of the reasons why they were writing down every word he said And he asked him, I don't understand what you guys are doing. He said, that's because when we come to worship and when we come to listen, we're not listening for ourselves. We're listening so that we can give what we have to somebody else. But Americans, when we come to the house of God, we're listening so that we can be healed. We're listening so we can get a blessing. I I need to be encouraged today, so I'm just going to go to the house of the Lord. That's why you don't got no paper. That's why you don't got no pen. That's why you don't got no testimony. That's why you don't got no souls. That's why you've not made any disciples. That's why there's not anybody following you because our worship has been compartmentalized to a moment where we come to get a fix. Notice, watch this, watch what happened. The revelation. In Genesis, this thing is so heavy. In Genesis, the Bible says that God created us in his what? In his what, everybody? In other words, he made us like him. He gave us a revelation of himself in our own, by looking at the mirror. Lord have mercy. You get a revelation of God every day when you look in the mirror. I don't know, I wonder if God crazy sometimes. To give us that kind of privilege, to be like, look like him. And so watch it. He said he made us in the image of God. The very next thing, please don't miss this, y'all. The next thing the Bible says, it says, be fruitful and multiply. When you see God, your, the natural response of a worshiper is to do something. And what do you do? You replicate what you saw in the lives of other people. So here they go. And they're so excited. Can you imagine after all them years, they've been studying and they finally, they finally find something. I think we got this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man. Listen, man, I think we got this. And the minute I see them take a step, a star comes in the sky. You see that, man? See what? Man, you can't miss it. Look up in there. Man, it's just a regular star. Well, let's start moving. As they start moving, 
star gets ahead of them <laughs> and starts moving. After all that time, they get to church. Hoping somebody could give them instruction. If you read the story carefully, the star disappears. And then it, and they, and they, and they come up to Jerusalem, and they come inside Glenville. I'm, excuse me, they come inside, they come inside the temple. I'm sorry, I got mixed up. Uh, I, I got to remember that I'm, I'm 2,000 years ahead of time. They, they came into Glenville. There I go saying it again. They came into Glenville, or wherever your church is, and they're looking for something. They're looking for something. They're looking for more than just an exciting service. They're looking, for, they're looking for more than nice dressed people. Oh, they're so refined. Look how, look how, look how plumbed and poised they are. Who cares? They're looking for more, Lord God. I want more. Anybody want more? I want more. There's got to be more to church than this. If you study the life of Christ, you will see that there's very little record of how great a time he had in worship. Or what we call worship. Most of what Jesus was about was touching lives and casting out devils and healing people and ministering. But we want all the blessings. We claim texts of scripture like, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. We claim the text that say, come unto me all. That's me. Jesus is talking to me. He'll pour out the, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. That's me. But the minute there comes obligations to do ministry, that's not my calling. That, that's not my ministry. Well, we're, we're supposed to feed the homeless. I, I don't go out there. What an offense to God. You telling me you saw God, you experienced his presence, he came down to you. Anybody in here amazed by the grace of God, he came down to you. I'm not just talking about as a baby, but he got down in your junk. He came in your house. He came in your life. He came in your heart. And, and you got the nerve to make plans to accept his blessings, but do nothing with the command to make disciples, nothing with the command to preach, nothing with the command to lift him up. You can't just take his blessings and not take the obligations. Gotta be more than this. And that's why your pastor teaches that this is not church. That's why I preach with such authority that this building has no value. The kingdom of God is not about buildings and structures, but the kingdom of God is in your heart. Lord, help us. There they are. Going through the motions. But, 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 but I'm impressed with these guys because they didn't get discouraged because of what the church folk were doing. Mm. Mm. I don't got no time. They told me I preached too long. I got to get, Doc, you pushing me, man. I got, to, I, got to, I got to end this thing. Mm -mm -mm. And see, I'm preaching to myself now because in summer school, I heard us talking. See, oh, man, see, people get on our nerves. People rub us the wrong way. 
And this is all a tactic by the devil to distract. They didn't get distracted either. They, and listen, did you, I don't read a text where they were like, man, look at these folk don't care. God must not be real. They were so hungry that they ignored the stupidity of God's people. The Bible says that when the wise men showed up, can you see it now? They got gold. I mean, they got a whole caravan, donkeys and, and camels. And, 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 and people in the street are stopping, trying to figure out what's going on. But the church folk don't know what's going on. And most of us will call people like this fanatical. Oh, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. I'm cool. I'm just going to go to church. I'm just going to do my part. What part? The, the part is in here. The part is in here. Not just the promises, but the commands in here. Bible says that these brothers kept on. The star reappeared. And it led them to their house. Now here's my last point. How do you worship God when God reveals himself in a way that you don't expect? Now, they knew that it was a baby, but I believe that they assumed, Julius, that it would be a baby in a mansion. That there would be royalty all over. That there would be a welcome committee there to usher them in. But when they got, they ended up in the hood. <laughs> can, can you see, can you see all this, this caravan of wealthy folk? And they in the projects. What floor is he on? <laughs> they all bunch in up the elevator. Some of them got to take the stairs. And, and they're they stepping over rats, rat poop. And, 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 they, and they see children running in the hallway with diapers on. And, and, and then they come to a door. And, 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 and inside, there's no flat screen television. And, and there's, no, there's, no, there's no nice couches. All there is is, is a happy mother and looking over the Son of God. And, and her husband is standing right by her side. And, and they don't got much, but they got Jesus. That's what impresses and notice, can you see them now? I can see them all crowding into that house. Lord, I feel good. I see them all crowding into that house. And, 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 they, and they begin, and they begin. Their first response is they just fell to their knees. Can, can you see royalty bowing down to royalty? Can you see power falling prostrate to real power? Can you see authority falling prostrate to real authority? And, the, and these grown men. They bow before a baby. For most of us, when God shows himself in a way that we don't like, we say, I don't want that part of God. I want the God that blesses. I want the God that feeds me. I want to be happy. 
I want to be married. I want money. I want people to leave me alone. And God says, that's not who I am. I'm the God that gets all in your stuff. I'm the God that the Bible says when Jesus came, they were disturbed. He comes to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. He's a disturbing God. He messes up your plans. Come on and hear somebody. He messes up your attitude. Come on and hear somebody. He messes with your sins. He said, I will not come in here and you stay the way you are. I'm God all by myself. I'm holy even though I'm laying in a manger. I'm righteous even though my mother's got to change my diaper. I'm still king in the womb. I'm still king in a manger. I'm still on the throne. Don't you forget about it. I'm God all by myself. Who is this king of glory? How can it be Mary's baby and yet her father at the same time? I don't know. But he's God. And no matter how he, no matter what he tells you to do, you better do it because he's worthy of every praise, every sacrifice. And, and, come on, Michelle. Real worship. You know you've worshiped when you left something. They brought gifts. They brought gifts. <laughs> Which suggests two things. They brought it expecting to find him. And they realized that real worship gives up more than it gets. In the name of Jesus, Father. Forgive me. If for some human reason somebody missed it today, this thing preaching God is so it's so messy because the one that preaches is the one that needs it most. But yet the rest of us are content with just hearing and enjoying, but doing nothing. God, raise up a church. And if you're in agreement with this prayer, just lift your hands. God, raise up people who recognize worship is about doing something. Worship is about leaving something. Worship is about giving something. God, Help Glenville and everybody in here to get agitated with services and meetings and coming togethers and get us hungry to imitate the God that left heaven and came down where we were. Help us to get serious about following Jesus doing what he did not just wanting what he can give amen I need to make an appeal now we're getting ready to have baptism 
And I ain't calling for anything specific today. I just got a one appeal. There are those of you right now, and I prayed over this, who are stuck like the Jews were. They, they weren't excited about the coming of the Lord. What, this is a warning, y'all. Listen, listen, listen. What happened then is going to happen again. The people that had all the information, they quoted the scripture. They told Herod. But they weren't ready for the coming of the king that they swore they had entitlement to. This thing is only so heavy today. There are many of us right now who are lost right now in this church, unconverted. We think we are because we've bought into the game of what we call church. And anybody can play this. But if you took away all this and we asked you, how are you worshiping God? The question is, God shows himself to you. What are you doing that imitates him? Ephesians 5 and verse 1 says, be ye imitators of God. No longer saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. They need to do this. I know, come on. Anybody just glad that he calls you by his name? I feel like David. I just want to be a doorkeeper. Don't need my name here. Don't need to be this. Don't need to be that. Just call me saved. Just call me a part of the blessing. Just want to stand on the sea of glass. Just want my family there. And not just my family. I want every ghetto in Cleveland to be saved. I want every crackhead in Cleveland to be saved. I want every homeless person in Cleveland to know Jesus. I want the divorced and the homosexual. I, I'm tired of just being confined to this building. God, break us free. I got an uncle who's in the military. You know he told me? He said, uh, they don't fight on the front lines with each other. They only fight in the mess hall. This is the mess hall up in here. That's why you're always offended. That's why somebody always hurting you. That's why, because you in the wrong place. Get your hips out of here. That's not my calling. I'm not no missionary. I'm, yes, you are. The Bible says so. And you don't know what you can do until you give your life to Jesus. How many know I'm, I'm telling the, the, the Lord's truth today? When you give your life to Jesus, stuff you said you never could do, you'll do. Places you thought you could never go, you'll go. Things that you thought you never could accomplish, you can accomplish. When you put your hand in his hand, the Bible says there's nothing too hard for God. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But you've got to be willing to take a risk. Leave your house. Leave your comfort zone. Move right now. I don't know who I'm talking to. Move. You already know who you are. That's the appeal. I, can't, I ain't going to try to describe it because I might eliminate some folk. But if the Holy Ghost told you to get up, get up. Get up! It's time to be about the kingdom of God. Anybody else? I don't got no, I'm not going to specify nothing. Because if I specify, you're going to say, he ain't talking to me. But guess what? I'm not talking. The Holy Ghost is.
I ain't going to say a word. If God is talking to you, come on. 